brakes on. No, I'm saying no. The brakes. Guys, why aren't the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wild card, bitches. Good morning and welcome to episode 290 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, how are you? Okay. You know, I meant to ask you when we were talking yesterday about the players with the highest winning percentage and the highest losing percentage mm-hmm. in games that they had played. I actually meant to ask you, but I forgot. Um, do you think a player like Dunn, who has a record of being on bad teams, basically his entire career he's been on bad teams, do you think any any less of him when you notice that? Not not that he's causing them to lose, but just that he conti- like he chooses to go to losing teams. I I get the the sense that maybe some people in this world might think you know you you should want to play on winners, and that it maybe says something about him that he doesn't seem to have much interest in in winning. Maybe. Uh, and no. that's a, obviously that's a, a little bit of a leap. I don't want to I don't want to say that. Dunn yeah. doesn't care about winning, but you know that the record is suggestive as all. Well. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think so. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people on that list who just happen to to end up on losing teams. Like maybe they thought they were signing up with a winner, and then that team tanked for whatever reason. Um, I don't know whether that's the case with with Dunn, but. But uh, no, not particularly. I don't. I don't really care if a if a player puts going to a winning team first. Doesn't make much difference to me. Yeah, I guess I'm. I guess I feel the same. I guess you know, guilty people. Guilty people need lawyers too. Wasn't there several years ago? Wasn't there a, a thing where J.P. Ricciardi said that that Adam Dunn doesn't like baseball or something? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a. That was a big thing for a little while. Yeah, I'm just looking at the quote. He doesn't like baseball that much. He doesn't have a passion to play the game that much. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, yeah, I, 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 yeah, okay. All right, well, we'll just stop there. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? Or do you uh, want to talk about, do you have anything else to do? Yeah, there any were, business? There were, Notes? There were <laughs> a few things. Uh, a couple of baseball things, one non-baseball thing. Uh, we got an iTunes review that said that we are like a baseball podcast directed by Wes Anderson. Oh. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> um, I don't. I, uh, I well, I'm, I'm a big. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Wes Anderson generally. Me too. Uh, Dar- Darjeeling Limited might be my least favorite movie in the world. <laughs> I aggressively hate it. Uh-huh. But um, but Royal Tenenbaums is like my like third favorite movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm flattered. A, I'm a life aquatic I don't, guy. Seems, well, yeah, you're yeah. you're young, you're young. No, I, people. Everybody's favorite Wes Anderson movie is is the one that came out in their sweet spot. Uh-huh. Uh, it has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I was slightly too young for Rushmore, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely too young for for Bottle Rocket to have hit me. I like both of those movies. Yep. Um, but Royal Tenenbaums was my sweet spot, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't like uh, Life Aquatic much. And I hated Darjeeling Limited, but Fantastic Mr. Fox was a fantastic film. Yes, that was Mr. great. Film. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was that? <laughs> what was it? Jeez. Okay. Uh. I don't see the connection, though. I, 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 we've, I think that um, we, we've at certain points have noted similarities between uh, internal drama in the show and Freaks and Geeks. Yes. And we're both big fans of that. And I could see that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, I, I take it from our tweets that we have both been watching Billy Hamilton tonight. Mm, I've you... been watching. I've just been watching uh, the box score. Mm, okay, uh, I'm actually watching the Reds right now, which is I don't usually watch baseball while we do this, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but this, I feel like this game is it's like the it's like the best case scenario for Billy Hamilton, or it's 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 what we imagine that he could be, and maybe it's why he has been you could argue overrated as a prospect, uh, just because when it works. It, it's such an attractive player. Like he, he just struck out against low and, and looked kind of bad with just fastballs uh, that he didn't hit. But in his first four plate appearances, um, he had a, a line drive double, a line drive single, an infield hit to third, and a walk, and stole three bases. And we both we both tweeted about how he is already leading other teams in stolen bases or or he would lead the reds in stolen bases if he actually started every game from here on out um and he's playing center and it's just such a such a fun player that if he could actually be this guy over a a full season it would be like one of my favorite seasons um Mm -hmm. so i hope he can be that guy i don't really expect that he can be that guy on a regular basis but if he can it would be wonderful Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the the Rangers collapse meme. Which yeah. I, I'm I'm hearing. By the way, I just want to throw out. I'm hearing a lot of hot seat talk on Washington, and I just would like to make sure everybody is on board with this. Uh-huh. We are we are a wobbly chair community from this point forward. Okay. <laughs> yes, I would. No more hot seat. I would like that. Uh, I would like that to be referred to every time it's talked about. But I I don't really. I mean, you can make certainly legitimate arguments that that Ron Washington should should not be a major league manager, and and there are there are series you can point to and decisions you can point to if you want to make that argument. But the fact that the Rangers have lost some games here at the end of the season, and that that also happened at the end of last season, just I mean, it, doesn't it kind of strike you, or it kind of strikes me as as making too much of it? Right, I mean the the Rangers had a stretch this June where they they lost six in a row and they lost three in a row right before that, and the record over you know a ten or fifteen game stretch was similar to what it has been in September here, and in June it's it's a slump, no one pays much attention to it, and in September it's a collapse and people should be fired and it's it's a reflection on your 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 I don't know your your inner strength or, or whatever it is. And like, even, I feel like even, even stat head people sort of feel this way. Like I was listening to the, to the Joe and, and Randy podcast and they were saying how, you know, you, you want Ron Washington as your manager because he's a leader of men or whatever. And he inspires players to be the best they can be and everything. And that maybe that makes up for his tactical shortcomings, but that if he is not preventing this collapse, then he's, not worth employing because that's what he's supposed to do. That's supposed to be his strength. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's certainly there is more pressure on players at this point in the season and, and when things are coming down to the wire. But it seems like kind of a stretch to, uh, you know, if it happened at a different point in the season, it would be regarded a completely different way. Uh, yeah, I, I think in defense of the narrative, uh, which I don't buy, but um, 
I don't think this is a matter of. I think one of the reasons it is taken hold so quickly and has some strength is that this was a narrative for many years about the Rangers, and it was not randomly generated. The idea was that Texas is so brutally hot in the summer that that players do wear down, and in particular, pitchers wear down, and in particular, uh, pitchers having to basically go through a ballpark that is its own war of attrition uh, break uh, wear down, and so there was always a sense until 2010 that you didn't really have to worry about the Rangers if it was close in July because they were going to fold because of the heat. Now, I don't suppose there's really much behind that. I imagine it was the same thing as this, a, a year or two that stood out in people's minds. Uh, but, you know, this is a somewhat of a, of a franchise uh, long narrative or something like that. Well, if there is something to that, that doesn't that make this even more, I mean, of a non-issue? I mean, if there is if there's some institutional thing that makes the Rangers lose late in the season, then it's even less a, a reflection of their character or their leadership or whatever. Oh yeah, if we're if we're just talking wobbly chair issues, then yeah, th- it would not come down on Washington. If it, if you're talking about what uh, I, I I think that what people are talking about is whether the Rangers are. I mean, it's basically a proxy for people trying to talk about who's going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what that's what we're talking about, right? People mm-hmm. are just giving their expertise on who's going to win this 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 race, and and it's a reason to say that the Rangers aren't going to win this race, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, and they were two and eight in their last ten. I think it is last season, and that might be just as as random a an assortment of wins and losses as this. But the fact that it happened both years makes it look like a trend. Um, anyway, uh, my my topic is 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 basically the AL wildcard, which is, we were just saying before we record that we don't tend to gravitate towards talking about actual baseball that is being played. Uh, I don't know what percentage of our topics are pennant race topics and breaking down who's going to win and who's not, but I feel like we, I don't know, we tend to be more attracted to either inconsequential things or like big idea things more so than than the actual results from day to day but since the AOL card is exciting right now uh and there's not a whole lot of time left in the season I thought we could discuss that briefly all right and I wanted to talk about Freddie Guzman okay um all right you want to go first Sure. I think mine's pretty quick, which is good because we had like a 40-minute banter <laughs> session today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, the Rays, just before uh, August turned into September, the Rays signed Freddie Guzman. And this was not I, – I would be surprised if 10 people in the world noticed this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not was, one of them. No, I, I honestly – I'm not sure how many people in the Rays organization knew they had done it. <laughs> And I'm serious. Like it's the sort of thing where like I could imagine fewer than ten Rays people in the Rays organization actually knew. It's totally inconsequential. They signed him to a minor league deal. They did not assign him to a minor league team. They sent him to their um, you know to their compound or their complex in uh, Florida, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they had him work out. But you know like it's a nothing move and. Just, just so that you know the background on Freddie Guzman. Freddie Guzman played in the majors. He had like uh, I remember I, Freddie Guzman because he he made a playoff roster with the Yankees in it was right in like two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, yeah, yeah. He, he came up in September or something and and was somehow on the on the playoff roster. 
Yeah, and appeared in uh, two postseason games for them, got one plate appearance, uh, went 0 for 1. Um, and in his career, he's got 102 plate appearances. He's 33, uh, maybe 32. He's been out of, he hasn't played in America since 2009. It looks like, since that, actually, that Yankees game against the Angels in the AL, uh, ALCS, ALCS? Yeah, yeah, ALCS, was the last time he played in America. He, it looks like somehow took 2010 off, mm-hmm. um, and then 2011, Mexico, 2012, Mexico, 2013, Mexico. Hasn't been particularly good, although, you know, he had a good batting average this year and um, stole a ton of bases. And so he's 30, again, he's 33, uh, 32 right now. Hasn't played at any sort of level in many years. Wasn't a legit major leaguer in the first place. And the Rays randomly signed him on August 30th. So today we find out why. They move him onto the 40-man roster. Uh, They move him up to the majors. And he is going to be, it looks like, their designated pinch runner. And they may use the loophole. It seems like they probably will. Brandon Geyer was put on the 60-day DL, so it seems like they're probably poised to use the loophole to get him on the major league roster. Uh, sorry, on the postseason roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Guzman stole 73 bags this year in 99 games for Mexico. Uh, he is fast. He never had quite that gaudy of stolen base totals when he was in the States, but... Uh, always a good base stealer. And uh, I just wanted to point this out because to me this is one of the – it makes sense and it is simultaneously one of the strangest things in baseball going <laughs> on right now that, that Freddie Guzman, that basically the Rays went out and and as um, – you know, they basically hired a runner. Mm-hmm. They, the day before they had to, they went out and hired a runner uh, who has absolutely probably no chance of playing any baseball for them other than running. Uh, I would be surprised if there was any situation where he is called upon to hit mm-hmm. or field, um, but he will run. And so I don't know. Just wanted to point it out. Yeah, that's 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 strange. I was not aware of that. Um, and we talked recently about how pinch running might be a, a counterproductive strategy, or at least an overused strategy. Um, yeah, it was something yeah, that, that Bill a, James had said about how he he thinks that most of the time pinch runners are used it backfires because you mm-hmm. take the better batter out of the lineup and often that yep. batter will come around to score and the pinch runner doesn't actually increase the odds that that you know there will be a run scored all that much. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, but the Rays but, went out of their way to get that guy. Yeah, and it's interesting because I mean it. It is true. I think that pinch runners. uh, If a guy, if you put a guy in as a pinch runner on first, and then you know he scores on a double the next pitch, there's this sense like you kind of log it away as like it worked. But Mm -hmm. usually the guy on first, you know, if there's a double, you know, say there's a a double with no outs, he's going to score anyway. I mean, Mm -hmm. the pinch runner very rarely does that extra step. He gets make a difference, but sometimes it does, and that Mm -hmm. those few times it does makes a big difference. But I mean, when we, we talked about this before, I talk about this a lot, but when I did the hypothetical Billy Hamilton month where he ran every single time and over the course of like 36 games or whatever, Billy Hamilton as a, as a runner would have been worth like a 10th of a win or like basically one run, I think. And, um, you know, whenever we talk about things in baseball, it always gets, you know, anything innovative can be defended 
on the basis of well, if they're paying five million dollars for a win, mm-hmm. then you know whatever whatever gets you a run is almost certainly going to be worth it. And I, I don't know that that's technically true with Guzman. I, I it seems like the 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 expectancy for Freddie Guzman mm-hmm. over the course of a month is probably less than a run as a as a runner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I mean I guess that it's still the cost is low, but they are paying him. 50 grand or so to hang mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he makes a postseason roster, which I don't know if he will, but if he does, he will come at the expense of somebody who can hold a bat. And, um, you know, I mean, it is thousands of, it is at the very least, he's, it's 500,000 is the minimum. So at the very least, he's making a tenth of a salary. So he's making 50 grand at the very least uh, to play for them. And I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure it's actually worth it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Could it just be kind of a insurance policy? Like if there's, I don't know. Like if you're in the if you're in the wild card game, and maybe that situation arises where it's one of those rare times where a pinch runner could really be valuable. You know, I don't know. It's a it's a tie game or whatever, and it's there a, are yeah, two outs, yeah. and you know, there's a guy on base who under no circumstances can score from second on a single or from first on a double and you have this guy and you know maybe it could be like a Dave Roberts signature stolen base moment um maybe it's worth carrying that guy when you don't have to worry about having a a fifth starter on the roster and you know you you're only going to use your good bullpen guys probably maybe maybe it's worth carrying him you might not use him at all but just on the off chance that that situation arises and maybe he can make a difference there. It could be. Yeah. I mean, as an insurance policy, it could be, if you really are thinking that you can envision situations where that one pinch running appearance alone is worth far in excess of, of Mm -hmm. $50,000, then that might make sense. Now it's, it's expanded rosters. So it's not like you're ever going to be stuck with um, Jose Molina on first and nobody to run for him. Like they just brought up Tim Beckham, Tim Beckham can move. Yeah, uh, you know that you're you're always going to be able to get a competent runner in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a Dave Roberts situation, the thing about the Dave Roberts situation though is that uh, that that dude still gets caught stealing like a <laughs> like a fifth of the time. Uh-huh. Um, so it could very easily be that by putting in the pinch runner, you give yourself the ability to send him. Mm-hmm. He gets thrown out. And you know it backfires. I mean that's that's why the win, that's why the run expectancy of stolen bases is somewhat low because the there's times they get caught. Mm. Um, I, I mean I look the Rays have obviously done the math and and shoot maybe for all we know he he might like scout out as being an elite defensive center fielder mm-hmm. in, and we just don't know that. I mean he's been playing he's been playing all over the you know he's been he's an outfielder and he's been playing center left and right uh, in Mexico. But you know maybe. Wow, he played almost exclusively. Actually, he didn't play center this year at all in Mexico. So presumably he's not an elite center fielder. Uh, but maybe he is. Who knows? Yeah, um, he's 32. I he, so I feel like if he if he's valuable in this role at 32, then at you know 26 he would have been worth. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing is that he is 32. I mean, he's he he old. Like you could see this if he were if he were 23. Mm-hmm. You could you could probably take. There's probably. I don't know. There might be a hundred guys in Mexico, in the Mexican league, who are like insanely fast and have been playing enough baseball that they know mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to base run better than Herb Washington could. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. But, I mean, you know, he, he's still 77 bases in 99 games. So yeah. maybe, maybe we shouldn't doubt his speed. Mm-hmm. Dave Roberts was old, too. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, okay. Interesting oh, anecdote. Yeah. Uh, so, wild card. Um, the results tonight, Baltimore beat the Red Sox in extra innings. The Yankees came back to beat the Blue Jays 4-3. to three. Uh, The Rays beat the Rangers, another extra inning one-run game. And the Royals beat the Indians uh, 7-2. to two. So now we have a, a very tight cluster. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six teams within, I guess, three and a half games with, you know, 10, 11 games remaining in the season. Um, so my... Preseason picks for the wild card were Tampa Bay and Texas. I'm pretty sure I I probably got both of the the division winner picks wrong, uh, yeah. but I'll I'll just skip over that. I'm certain of it? Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did. Um, but I still have a chance to pick the wild card teams. So my inclination, <laughs> my inclination don't, is don't do that. Don't do. You're you're above this. Man. <laughs> my inclination is just you know to stay consistent. Um, and I, I legitimately would pick Tampa Bay, you know, because yep. they have they have a shot at, at either of those two spots. They have a one game uh, lead on the Rangers and and a slightly bigger lead on everyone else. And I think they're just the best team of the bunch. Um, so I see no reason not to pick them, which is not to say that their spot is assured or anything. Obviously, uh, the margins are are so small here that. Anyone could conceivably win or lose this, uh, but I see no reason to not pick Tampa Bay. Um, so they they would be one of my picks. So so the question then is whether we whether we believe in the Rangers. And we've already we've talked about the collapse narrative and how we don't necessarily buy that. But uh, you know they're not a great team. Um, they have a good pitching staff. They have a good bullpen. They don't have a great offense. I think their offense probably looks better than it actually is because of the ballpark, and it's, you know, it's not great, and it's missing Nelson Cruz, and it's not a great run-scoring team. And then you have Cleveland, who is one back in the loss column and, of course, has the the schedule advantage uh, in that they are playing the Astros for four and the White Sox for two and the Twins for four to finish the season, which is wow. about that's as... That's it? That's the whole... That's it. That's, that's the last 10. That's their last 10, is Goodness. the three worst teams in the American League. So that's that's about as, as well as they could have drawn and it up. Six at home. Six at home, yeah. Um, so the, I, I guess the question is how... How much of a difference that makes over, you know, a 10-game stretch, uh, it's, it's a factor. It, it matters. The actual expectation for how many more wins they will have over 10 games playing those teams as opposed to, you know, 500 teams, probably not, not much. What would you say? At it Like a, a win? Is it even a win? Maybe? I I, it's the Astros, the White Sox, and the Twins. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's a win. I, I don't. I, I shoot. I mean, I feel who like knows, if, but I feel like if we did the, the, the math, Astros it might are, not be. But the, they're the. I mean, yeah, the Astros are well. Okay, so the Astros. Jeez, I don't know. I mean, they, basically, you're talking about 
three teams with a combined expected winning percentage of about 440. And who are the Rangers playing? The Rangers have uh, one more against the Rays, and then they have three against the Royals on the road, and then they finish up with six at home against the Astros, uh, or seven at home, three against the Astros, four against the Angels. Okay, so that's not a big difference. It's not huge. It's Cause, yeah, it's because now you're, you're comparing the Angels and the Royals to the Twins and the White Sox, and then the Astros are basically a push. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a it's a difference, but not a huge difference. That's about maybe forty. That's like fifty points of expected winning percentage from your opponents. So over the course of ten games, uh, with a neutral opponent, you would expect the Royals and the Twins to win a half a game fewer, but it's not 10 games, it's 7. So now you're talking about 0.35 games fewer. Yeah. And I don't know, do you have to do you have to cut that in half cuz now they're only half of the equation? Mm. I'm not sure if you you I don't think you do. Yeah, no. Uh, maybe even, a third of a win. Even so, uh, it's probably not enough to neutralize the fact that they're I mean maybe it's a, enough to neutralize the fact that they're a half game back or, you know, one back in the last column, but essentially even, I guess. So then it comes down to, you know, I mean, it, it's sort of silly to even project this, really, because, I mean, it's, you know, 10, 11 games, and who knows. Uh, but I guess it, it comes down to which team you like better, really. And then we haven't even gotten to, to Baltimore, who's... Also, I mean, tied in the last column with Cleveland, one fewer win. Uh, and the Orioles schedule, they have one more against the Red Sox and then four against the Rays on the road. Uh, and then they have three at home against the Blue Jays and three at home against the Red Sox. So that's pretty tough. Uh, they've got three against the Red Sox and four against the Rays in their last last few series here. So that's, that's not easy. Um, I think that it's still possible for the angels <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> i think yeah i think if they win all 10 they get 84 they, yeah they're not and so mm -hmm. texas plays the royals so if they win one they get to 83 the royals would be to 82 i think the angels yeah i think the angels can pull it out <laughs> that's okay that's uh that's an unpopular pick but um <laughs> And then there are the Yankees, who have the Yankees, yeah. uh, the Yankees have one more against the Blue Jays on the road, and then they have uh, they also have three against the Astros. So everyone has the Astros here. They have three against the Astros at home or at, on the road. They also have three against the Giants at home, and three against the Rays at home. So their schedule is not as easy as the Indians, but uh, I guess it's about it about the same as the Rangers and probably easier than the the Orioles schedule and and maybe we're overanalyzing schedule just because it's one of the few things that we can analyze here um, mm -hmm. but I, I, yes so so you're picking I mean we're both I guess we're both saying the Rays yeah uh, sticking with the we Rays feel, we uh, feel pretty good about the Rays mm -hmm. uh, and then you have basically Texas Cleveland and the field you have basically Texas, Cleveland, and the long shots. I mean, you can't pick, you can't really pick Kansas City or New York, or maybe yeah, Baltimore is close. Yeah, so you could pick Baltimore. Could, yeah, I mean, the Yankees and Royals are, they they have real chances, but I can't think of a reason why you would 
pick them really. Um, I mean, over over ten, eleven games, a a two and a half game deficit is is pretty significant, and it's not like they're the best team of the bunch that somehow underplayed uh, expectations. The Yankees are are worse than their record probably, and uh, the Royals are probably not much better than theirs. So, um, so yeah, I they have they have real chances, but I can't think of a reason to favor them. Um, mm-hmm. So then it, it comes down to Texas, Cleveland, Baltimore. So who you got? Uh, well, with the caveat that whatever name I say in the next 12 seconds is going to be randomly generated, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got Cleveland. I got Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I got Cleveland because I looked, I looked Jason Giambi in the eye. <laughs> yeah. and, you know they're not going to be collapsing because he's there. I fell in love. I did, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I don't, yeah. I guess I'll go. I, I guess I, I want Cleveland, so maybe that's why I picked Cleveland. Uh huh. Um, I guess I want Texas because I feel like they're probably the better team. I, I don't know. I might be overrating them just because they've been a good team in the last few years, and I don't think they're as good. Why a team aren't now. they better? Yeah. Why aren't they better right now? I mean, well, Cruz, yeah, Cruz missing hurts, but yeah. why aren't they a better team right now? Why are they only going to win 86 games this year? Well, I mean, they they didn't have the greatest offseason, right? I mean, like, a lot of the things they did were defensible, uh, but kind of made them worse in the short term. Like, the plan was to have sort of a, it seemed like the plan was to have sort of a transitional year where they, they weren't going to bring back Hamilton and they weren't going to go crazy with free agents, although they they wanted Granky. It seemed like, um, but they weren't going to just you know bring in Kyle Loesch or whatever. They were going to just kind of go with what they had and hope it was good enough. Um, and I, I mean, like not that they should have brought back Hamilton, or not that he even would have would have made them better if they had brought him back. But but losing what he was last year. And not really replacing that made them worse. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, I, I mean, they they have the tenth highest true average, or I guess tied for tenth uh, among all teams. So they're, they're, I mean, it's just not a not a great offense. Like, I mean, it's it's Beltre, who's uh, who's wonderful, and we love him. Um, and who else? Who else is it really? It's like uh, like Kinsler's having a down year, and Profar hasn't really given them much, and Cruz isn't there, yeah. and Andrus has had a down year, and uh, yeah, I thought David I thought Perfie Berkman has had a bad gonna, year. I thought Berkman was going to work out, and that didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, I didn't love that move because they paid a pretty high price for him. Um, so it wasn't like a. I didn't think it was going to be a total bargain, but I thought he would be much better than he's been. Uh, I didn't see the. I didn't see the combination of three hundred plate appearances and that line for Profar. Like I, I figured. Yeah. One or the other, like you know, he he'd play a lot and be good, mm-hmm. or he he wouldn't play. I didn't expect him to be part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I mean, Przinsky has actually been better than I thought he was would be probably, and yeah, David Murphy is, has had a lousy year, so it's just not, I don't know, not not a great offense there. Um, 
So so maybe I'm I'm thinking that they're better than Cleveland just because they've been so much better over the last few years and don't really love the Indians pitching or haven't for most of the season. So I guess I'll stick with the Rangers. Uh, yeah, I changed my mind. I'm going with the <laughs> I'm going with the Rangers. Okay, all right. I yeah, think I'm going with the Rangers. I think it's you know fifty fifty two forty eight or something in favor of of Texas over Cleveland, but um, but yeah, I'll I'll stick with my preseason <laughs> my preseason choice. Um, okay, so we talked about current events. Yeah, we did. I had the Rangers winning the wild card, and I had the Rays tied with the Blue Jays. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> could have been a wild card. Could have been a division. Didn't didn't explicitly stay. Okay. All right. That's enough for today. I think. All right. Okay. We'll be back with one more tomorrow. <laughs>